They were a wealthy, aristocratic class of people. I guess you could say that the Sadducees were the liberals of that day. The Pharisees were very religious and very conservative and sticklers for the law and very self-righteous, by the way. But uh, here these Sadducees were pretty much the liberals of the day. They didn't believe in much of anything. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the spirit world. They didn't believe in demons. And uh, they did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And they did not believe in an afterlife. They believed that man's, that man's existence on earth ended at death. And you know there's a lot of people today that believe that very same thing. That, that when you die, you just die as an animal, just as a dog, and, and that you just are buried, and that's the end of it. Uh, there's a lot of cults that believe that. The Jehovah Witnesses, for one, do not believe in an afterlife. They don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in hell. I found that out one time. We were doing some door-to-door visitation many years ago. And I knocked on some doors, and and uh, the people invited me in, and I was I was I was witnessing to them and taking them down the Roman road, and I got to the part on the Roman road where the wages of sin is death, and I talked to them about you know it's not just physical death, but it's the uh, it's the second death that uh, you, when a person dies without Christ that they go to hell. That's the punishment, and I immediately found out that they did not believe in hell. They said we don't believe in hell. Well. Then what do you do? You know, well, then you you switch gears and you try to convince them that there is. But nevertheless, Jehovah, come to find out they were Jehovah Witnesses and they don't believe in an existence or an afterlife. And so that's the way these Sadducees were. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in the afterlife. As a matter of fact, as far as the Bible or as far as the Word of God was concerned in that time, the only part of the Word of God that they would acknowledge as being true and right was the Pentateuch the five books of Moses they didn't believe in any of the prophets they didn't they didn't follow any of that they didn't believe that it was inspired as I said they were pretty much the liberals of that day so here these Sadducees concoct this story Uh, to make those who did believe in the resurrection look silly and to look foolish. Actually, what they're doing here is trying to make fun of eternal things and uh, make a mockery of the resurrection. And so they, they they concocted this story and they come to Jesus and they're going to give him the story and try to trap him in his words because they know Jesus has talked about the resurrection. And so they come to Jesus and they said, Teacher, uh, Moses wrote to us that if a man's brother dies and he leaves his wife behind and he leaves no children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up offspring to his brother. Now, they got this from Deuteronomy chapter 25 and uh, verse 5 there and uh, uh, those following verses in Deuteronomy 25 is where this came from and it was a Jewish law that was devised that was put in the in the Torah and that was devised so that if a man died his family could be maintained if he didn't have children and he died then this was allowed so his family and his property could be maintained and uh, so 
so his, he wouldn't lose his, his, um, his family wouldn't lose their line in the inheritance and in their tribe. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so that was in the law of, of, of Moses. And so that's where the Sadducees were pulling this from. And they, they take this and they make up this ridiculous story out of this passage just basically to make fun of the afterlife and to make fun of the resurrection. And so they say to Jesus, now this guy, this guy married a wife. Here's the scenario. This guy married a wife, but he dies. And so they didn't have any children. So his brother takes his wife. He he marries her and he dies and they didn't have any children. And then the third one marries her and uh, they didn't have any children and he dies. And the fourth and the fifth and all the way to the seventh. And so seven brothers had this, this same woman as their wife. All of them died without having any children. I think after a while, somebody ought to be getting suspicious of her cooking. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, they're eating the mushrooms. Glory to God. Uh, but, but suddenly, you know, there's something fishy here going on. Amen. Can you see how ridiculous this story is that they're making up? But then finally, after she's married to these seven guys, the wife finally dies. And so the Sadducees, here was their question to Jesus, and they said, Therefore, in the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife shall she be? For all seven had her to wife. And so they're talking here about life and death. They're talking about the afterlife in which they didn't believe in. And so they're basically making fun of life and death issues. They're trying to trap Jesus and get him to give a wrong answer here so that they can accuse him. They're trying to disprove the resurrection. They're trying to disprove that there is is life after death and so they're basically making fun of this teaching and this doctrine but can I tell you something this morning ladies and gentlemen and that that these are issues when we talk about life and we talk about death and we talk about eternity and we talk about the resurrection these are issues that all of us here in this service today should be interested in every Every one of us should be keying in this morning on what Jesus is talking about here and about the afterlife and about where we're going to spend eternity because the Bible does say that it is appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. So that scripture tells us that after death there is something else. There's going to be a judgment to come. But the Bible tells us, the Bible teaches us that death is an inevitable experience of everyone, everyone in this building. Listen, uh, unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes in the rapture before your lifespan is over, and I kind of believe he's going to, praise God, I believe we're that close, and, and that, that sometime we can rest assured of this and be assured of this, that sometime in the future, should the Lord tarry, every 
single one of us are going to face death. We are all going to die. Death has a 100% success rate. There, Everybody dies. Nobody other than those alive and remain at the rapture. Other than those, nobody is going to escape death. It is inevitable and that being the case, ladies and gentlemen, we need to make sure that in this life we make preparations for that time. There's not going to be any second chances or time to get right or make things right after we die. We have to make things right with the Lord and make sure that we're ready for death uh, on this side of the grave. How many are with me this morning? Amen? Though these Sadducees then are making fun of critical, some critical issues of life. And you ought to be interested, and I'm going to try to pique your interest a little this morning in the afterlife. We get, we're so prone to get caught up in this world and in the things of the flesh and, and in this life that we forget that this life is just like James said, it's like a vapor. It's just brief. We're just here for a little time, but there's an eternity out there that we're going to spend eternity somewhere. Amen. So we need to be interested in that. We need to really consider that this morning. We need to think about the afterlife and where we are going to spend eternity. Amen. I think Brother Jim and myself were talking about this the other day. Brother Jim Bartlett and I, we were talking about this. This is, this is serious stuff, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to live forever somewhere. And there's only two destinations nations after this life and that's heaven and hell there's no other places other than heaven and hell and yes 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 I did use the H word Hell is a place. Hell is a real place. Hell is a literal place. Jesus talked about it. The Bible is, is, is replete and talks about it many times that hell is a place. So there's only two destinations for people to go to and that's either heaven or hell. So we need to be interested in where we'll spend eternity because we are eternal souls. We are eternal beings. This body will die and will go back to the dust of the earth, but the soul of man does not die. The spirit, the soul of man lives forever. Lives forever. It's the part of man that God breathed into that body. When he formed man out of the dust of the earth and, and made him and he laid there and that body didn't have any life in it until God breathed the breath of life into Adam and man became a living soul. So what gives you life today is that spirit man that is on the inside of this body. Listen to me folks, this old body that we take so much care of that we make sure looks good and feels good and all that this body is only the house that you are living in and one day we're going to lay aside this tabernacle, we're going to lay aside this tent, we're going to fold it up and put it aside and we're going to go into eternity and live forever. You are an eternal being. There is an afterlife. Are you listening to me? 
Hallelujah. Job asked the question and said, If a man die, shall he live again? And Jesus answered that question. In John chapter 11 and 20, verse 25, when he said, he that, he, If someone believes, if you believe in me, Jesus said, Though you were dead, yet shall you live. And so, yes, there is an afterlife. There is life after death. But the Sadducees answer to that question, if a man die, will he live again? The Sadducees answer to that question was no, never. It's, it's all over. There is no resurrection. There is no afterlife. And so they tell this silly story and they ask Jesus then, therefore in the resurrection when they rise, whose wife shall, shall she be? And then Jesus answers them, in verse 24, and he says, Are you not therefore mistaken? In other words, he's saying, You guys have missed it big time. You are so far off base. You have so missed it because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. I like that. He just tells them, this is what it is. You don't know the word of God, and you don't know anything about the power of God. That's the best definition of a liberal that I've ever read. <laughs> they know nothing about the word of God. They know nothing about the power of God. Amen? Hallelujah. There's a lot of liberal churches. There's a lot of liberal preachers today, and they don't know anything about the word of God and what it teaches, and they know absolutely nothing about the power of God to change an individual's life. And if you take away the word of God and you take away the power of God, if you do away with those two elements, then there is no resurrection, then there is no afterlife. If you're going to discount this Bible, then there is no afterlife, there is no resurrection, there's nothing ahead but an old, dark, cold grave. But thank God the resurrection... The resurrection of Jesus, and that's what I said, the song that they sang right before I preached turned out great. The resurrection of Jesus, of the body, the literal bodily resurrection of Jesus was one of the major teachings of Jesus in his earthly ministry. He was repeatedly, he was constantly uh, telling his disciples that he was going to raise from the dead. He was talking to them, trying to get them prepared for the cross, what was going to happen. And on several occasions in Mark chapter 8, in Mark chapter 9, and in Mark chapter 10, the Bible says that he told them on these three different occasions that's recorded that, that they were going to to Jerusalem that the priests and the scribes are going to going to kill him and then he said after three days I will rise again he told them that three different times that he would be killed that he would be mocked that he would be scourged that he would be spit upon that he would die by crucifixion but the third day I will rise again hallelujah let me tell you something the resurrection of Jesus never was in question for one moment come on amen Jesus said no man takes my life from me I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again praise God the resurrection was never in question it was always a fact that Jesus was going to that cross he was going to pay the 
price for the sin of mankind and be in that grave for three days and three nights. Hallelujah. That was the sign he said would be to an evil and adulterous generation, the sign of Jonah, that the son of man as Jonah was in the belly of a whale for three days and three nights, so must the son of man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, but he's not going to stay there. He's coming out resurrected. Hallelujah. Oh, the devil hates the cross and the devil hates the resurrection. Come on, somebody. And these liberal Sadducees trying to dispute that there would be a resurrection. Listen, listen. There was a resurrection. And all the time Jesus tried to tell his disciples about it, they still didn't get it. They still had problems with the idea of a resurrection. Even after the resurrection, when Peter and John got the word from the women that the tomb was empty, and Peter and John ran back to the tomb and they looked inside and they saw the tomb was empty and they saw the, the, the grave clothes of Jesus lying there, amen, and the napkin that was over his face folded and lying there. It said in John 20 and 9 that they did not understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They still didn't get it. You know when they finally got it? When he showed up and said, here I am. Put your hands in, 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 in these nail prints. Thrust your hand into the side. Thomas had to see to believe, amen. The other disciples were that way as well. So they didn't understand. And, and listen, years later in the New Testament church, the apostle Paul had to deal with this same situation and with these same people uh, that were bringing the heresy into the Corinthian church that there was no resurrection. Paul wrote an entire chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. There's 55, I believe, 55 verses, a very long chapter for a New Testament letter, but it deals with the resurrection of the Lord and the resurrection of the dead. And there was those that came into that Corinth church that tried to bring in that false teaching that there wasn't that there was no such thing as a resurrection and Paul said to them he said if Christ is preached that he's been raised from the dead then how do some among you say there is no resurrection from the dead listen ladies and gentlemen there are those today that are claiming there's not a rapture that there won't be a rapture can I tell you something today that if you deny the rapture do you know what you're denying you're denying the resurrection because the rapture and the resurrection are synonymous because it's the rapture it's that first resurrection when the dead come on somebody the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and ready to be caught up to meet them in the air with the Lord hallelujah I want to ask you this morning do you believe in the resurrection Woo! come on shout amen I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried, and on the third day, he came out of that grave victorious over death, over hell, and over the grave. And he has the keys to death, hell, and the grave today. Woo, hallelujah. Man, I'm about to get excited now. Calm down, Brother Ricky. I believe I'm looking at some folks that believe in the resurrection. The Bible assures us 
that Jesus rose from the dead and that we will too. Mm. Woo! Paul writing to that church at Corinth said in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but now is, or now Christ is risen from the dead. And he has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, those who had died. For since by man came death, Adam, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Whew. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to have a praise break right here. But each one in his own order, Christ, the firstfruits, and afterwards, who's next? Those who are Christ at his coming. You see, when Jesus comes back for the church at the rapture of the church, which is an event that's next on God's prophetic calendar, which is going to take place soon and very soon, we are going to see our king. Can I get an amen? Jesus is getting ready to come back in the clouds of glory for his church. And when he does, the dead in Christ are going to rise and the graves of every person that has known Jesus and been saved from Abel all the way to the last saint of God that was born again before or died before the rapture takes place, those graves are coming open and those dead in Christ are coming out of those graves. I'm telling you, there is a resurrection of the dead for the saints of God. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll be raised in a glorified body. Jesus said it would be a different experience for us. Resurrection of the dead. And I'm talking right now about the, the sainted dead, the Christians. Because all will be raised, there will be two resurrections. The second resurrection will be of the unsaved dead that will take place at the end of the millennial reign. But the first resurrection, the Bible says, blessed and holy is he who takes part or has a part in the first resurrection. But Jesus says to the Sadducees, you know, you don't understand. When they rise from the dead, they're going to be like the angels. They are like the angels. Talking about the resurrected saints. He's saying that the power of God will transform their life, their body into a new and different plane of existence. Now, he did not say, now, now listen to me. Jesus did not say that you would be an angel. I know we hear that a lot. You know, a loved one will die and they'll say, well, they're, God has made them an angel. They're an angel. No, 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 no. Jesus never said that you, as a human being, would be transformed into an angel. He said you, he said the resurrected saints would be like the angels. In other words, it'll be a different existence. We'll have a different body than what the angels have, but it will be a glorified body. We're not going to be an angel. We're going to have a body like the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen? So the resurrection body will be like the glorified body of Jesus. 
John said so in 1 John 3, 2. He said that when he shall appear, speaking of Jesus, when Jesus shall appear and when Jesus shall be revealed, John said we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. It's going to be glorious, ladies and gentlemen, in the resurrection and in the afterlife. Can I get an amen? We, we can't, you know, last year at the, at the prophecy conference, Brother Jerry asked me, he gave me my assignment to, to, to preach on the new heaven and the new earth. And, and I told him that night, I said, you know, you, you've given me a hard ex- assignment because you've given me an assignment to try to describe to you something that no one has ever seen except John on the Isle of Patmos. And he explained it the best he could. All we have is what he's written to us in the book of Revelation describing to us what the afterlife for the saint of God, the child of God is going to be like. But I can tell you one thing today, saints, that we've got something to look forward to. Glory to God. The Bible says, I know we go through some stuff in this life, but the Bible says that the suffering of this present world cannot be compared or not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us when the Lord comes back and takes us to glory. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. Eye has not seen, Paul said. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the thing that God has prepared for them that love him. I'm telling you something today, saints of God, there's something been prepared. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and I will receive you to myself. It's a place where there's many mansions. My father's preparing it. I'm preparing it. Look out, church. We're getting ready to go to another place that Jesus has prepared. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Is is it okay? Do Do I need to calm down now? It's hard for me to calm down anyway, but especially talking about heaven. The afterlife. What we've got to look forward to. He said, it's not even entered to the heart of the man, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. So God gave a little bit of a glimpse of that to John on the Isle of Patmos, a wonderful, glorious place. You can't even begin to describe the beauty of heaven. Hallelujah. It's a city where the Lamb is the light. It's a city where the streets are not paved with gold. They're pure gold. It's a city where there's jasper walls and mansions line those streets of heaven. There's gates of pearl. And there's foundations in that city that are made out of different different precious stones and gems. In that city called heaven where we're going, there's no sickness and there's no death and there's no sorrow and there's no pain and there's no curse. Hallelujah. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more surgeries. There'll be no more chemotherapy. There'll be no more uh, hospitals or urgent cares. And there'll be no more COVID-19. And there'll be no more swab tests. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. We're going. 
into a place. There is a place better than this place. There is a place prepared for the saints. There is an afterlife. Jesus promised the resurrection of every born again believer. If I go by the way of the grave, look out, praise God. I'm going to be with the Lord, but when that trumpet sounds, my grave will open up and I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Every saint of God is coming out. Hallelujah. There is a resurrection of the saints. I got to hurry. I got, I got 10 minutes and I got to hurry. Don't look at the clock. Oh, there ain't one. That's right. Jesus gave them two reasons why the Sadducees, why they rejected the resurrection. He told them, number one, that their problem was they didn't know the Scriptures. They didn't know the scriptures. That's the main thing right there. They don't, people that don't believe in a resurrection don't know the Word of God. The Word of God's got the answers. Are you listening to me? So Jesus quoted to them. He said to them, you're therefore mistaken because you don't know the scriptures. And then Jesus quoted Moses to them. They quoted Moses to him. Jesus comes back at them with Moses from Exodus 3 and 6. And he said this, he said, but concerning the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses in the burning bush, book, burning bush, <laughs> burning bush passage, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Is he not the God? Is he not the God of the dead, but of the living, the God of the living? You are therefore greatly mistaken. So Jesus is telling them that the living God, God is a living God, and he's a God of living people. Can you, can you, can you follow that? Amen. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had been dead at that time for centuries, yet God re refers to them as those who are in, being in a conscious state of existence and still having a living relationship with God and that God was still having a living relationship with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Notice that Jesus pointed out he did not say that God did not say, I was the God of Abraham and Isaac of Jacob. But he said, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. In other words, it's not a past tense, but it's a present tense. Not I used to be their God when they were alive, but I am still their God for they are still alive. I don't think anybody's hearing me today. Hallelujah. Abraham was still alive. Isaac was still alive. Jacob was still alive. Their bodies had been buried, but they were still alive in a conscious state somewhere in paradise. Praise God. In, in that place of paradise, in the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appeared there. And the apostle Peter saw them. And, and Peter, James, and John saw them and recognized them. Moses appeared there speaking with Jesus on that mount. Moses had been dead and buried for 1,400 years. God had buried him in Mount Nebo. His body had already went back to the dust of the earth. But my Lord, there he is standing there on the Mount of Transfiguration 
talking to Jesus and Peter saw him and recognized who he was. Hallelujah. It was the spirit man. The body was decayed, but Moses was still alive. There was Elijah who some 700 years prior had been stepped into a chariot of fire, was carried into heaven alive, and for 700 years at that point had been in heaven alive. And here he is standing there, glory to God, on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's still alive, and they're still alive today. I've got a mom that's over there that's still alive. I've got some babies that are over there that are still alive. I've got family that is over there and church folks that I've buried that are still alive. They're with the Lord. They're in glory. Hallelujah. Woo. My, my, my. We're going to see them soon. Glory to God. David, David, David fasted and prayed for that baby that was given, that was, that, that was born to him and Bathsheba. God had told him that the baby would die, but, Mo, but, but David fasted and David prayed. And David thought maybe God will change his mind. And so he sought the Lord for the healing of that baby. The baby was sick and he was praying for God to heal it, but God didn't do it. And the baby died. And when the baby died and he got word that the baby, that son, had died, David got up and he washed his face and he put on some clean clothes. And he went in and worshiped the Lord and he told them to fix him some food. And they said, we don't understand. We don't understand. All the time the baby was sick, you fasted and you prayed and you mourned and you sought God. But now the baby's dead and you're getting up and you're not mourning anymore. He said, well, ain't nothing I can do about it now because he's gone to heaven to be with the Lord. And he said, I can't bring him back and he can't come to me. But he said, this one thing I do know, I can go to him. I can go to him. I can go to him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I'm about to have a spell. Woo! Think about those loved ones today in the year 2000 I laid my mom to rest. 20 years, doesn't seem like 20 years she's been with the Lord. My dad, longer than that. It was 78 when he, when he passed, just at a young age. And, and I was there for that. I was just in my 20s when my dad passed away. But, 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 but they're in heaven. My grandma that you hear me talk so much about that, that had a big hand in raising me and prayed for me and taught me. Oh, hallelujah. And the thing I can remember when she couldn't hear and she couldn't see very well. She had a Bible. I still got it in my library. A Bible with great big large letters. And I remember going in her apartment. Anytime you'd go in there, she'd be sitting there in that wheelchair and that Bible be open in her lap and she'd be reading the Word of God. Oh, I've got a picture of her that my cousin sent me at our little old church, our little old full gospel church down on South Ellis in Cape Girada. I got a picture of my grandma during a worship service with her head up 
and her hands raised and she's worshiping God. And can I tell you something today? She's been gone for several years, but she ain't lost. I know where she's at. She's with the Lord. I can't bring her to me, but I can go to her and I'm gonna meet. There's gonna be a meeting in the air. There's gonna be a meeting. There's gonna be a great family reunion. Oh, I got time for no sad you sees. Telling me there ain't no resurrection, there ain't no afterlife. Get on with your crazy self and go on out of here. Somebody sent us a message, message to the church challenging me to debate an atheist here on the church platform. I just politely said, no, thank you. Why would I want to bring somebody in here that don't believe the word of God and debate with them? They ain't changing me. And if they won't believe the word of God, I ain't got nothing to say. I got to close here. I got to close. He said, you don't know the scriptures. The Old Testament scriptures are loaded with promises of a bodily resurrection. Job himself said, I know, for I know my Redeemer lives. And after the skin worms have destroyed my body, I know that in my flesh I shall see God. Daniel said that many who are asleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Hosea said, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Oh, death, I will be your plagues. Oh, grave, I will be your destruction. God's going to raise his church up. But you've got to know what the Bible teaches. But listen. They didn't know the scriptures, and he said, here's your other problem. You don't know the power of God. You don't know the power of God. If you know the power of God, you know that raising a dead body ain't nothing for God because he is all-powerful. See, the Sadducees totally denied the supernatural. Their God wasn't big enough to raise people from the dead. Do you know there's a lot of people serving a God like that today? Their God wasn't big enough. Their God was a little puny, weak, powerless, pathetic God that couldn't do anything. I'm glad I don't serve a God like that. Hallelujah to God. If your God's some little old puny God that can't perform miracles today and can't, do, can't raise the dead, can't do anything, you need, to, you need to chuck that God and you need to come over and find Jesus and get a hold of the almighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace and the one who is altogether powerful. So you don't know the power of God. And I'm going to tell you a sad thing, but that spirit of Sadducees didn't die with them. Still alive today. There's some, many people in the church that don't believe today in the power of God. Paul said they had a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. So these guys had a hopeless future. Because if you don't believe in the afterlife, 
And if you don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, and if you don't believe that you're going to live on eternally, then you have a hopeless future. For so many today, death is an inescapable, inescapable hole in the ground because they don't know the Scripture and they don't know the power of God to raise us out of that grave. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, I want to stay here on this earth and do the work of the Lord as long as God's got breath in my lungs, as long as He's got something for me to do, hallelujah, Brother Derby, as long as that calling is there and He's still got to work for me, I want to stay alive. I want to do the work He's called me to do. I want to pastor His sheep. I want to preach His gospel. But as soon as that day is over and God says, I'm done with you, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready for the Lord just to take me on to glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because Paul said, I've got a, I'm, in a, I'm in a straight between two. I've got a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Did you hear what he said? He said, when I leave this world, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And when I depart this life, I'm going to go and be with Christ. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to that day. I do not fear death. I am not afraid of COVID-19. I am not afraid of losing my life or giving my life because I know, I know, I know, I know. Hallelujah, where I am going to go to be with the Lord. Woo! Glory to God. You got to know the power of God. Graves are going to open. I got to, I got to close. Went already, went overtime. That's all right. Paul said this, Behold, I show you a mystery. 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter. We shall not all sleep, or we shall not all sleep is a term used for death. The body sleeps, not the soul. But we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we, who's the we? The we is the ones that are still alive when this event takes place. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying. I read these verses at every graveside service that I conduct for a child of God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I tell you what, to depart and be with Christ is far better. And the Lord's coming back. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, poof, the trump's going to sound. And we're going to come out of the ground. Ain't no grave. I said there ain't no grave. I said there ain't no grave that's going to hold my body down. Woo, hallelujah. Stand with me. Stand with me. Hallelujah. For the Lord is coming soon. For the Lord has spoken to His church today to encourage the saints to prepare your heart. For I would say unto you today to look up, to look up, to be steadfast, to be immovable, to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. For your labor will not be in vain, says the Lord. For I'm coming back soon, says the Lord. I'm coming for my bride. I'm coming for my church. Be ready. Be watching. Be ready. For there shall be that great reunion soon, says the Lord. Be comforted and be encouraged. For the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Well, give Him praise. Give Him praise. Oh, hallelujah. 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 D.L. Moody once said, someday you'll read in the papers, that Moody is dead. But he said, don't you believe a word of it. Because he said, at that moment, I'll be more alive than I am right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The best is yet to come for the child of God. Father, we love you today.